And thank you for joining us on another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Darkness Tiger, coming out with you at another installment. And here I have my brother, Chris. Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, yo, it's good to be back. It's good to be here on the podcast with your boys. And we also have our good close friend and confidant, Mr. Mason. Mason, tell us about yourself. Yo, I'm back with a vengeance. Uh, Mason here, Rad Dreams oh, from uh, Rad Dreams Review. I'm really excited for today's episode. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, so let's get right to it. All right. Well, speaking of getting right into it, as all of our listeners know, we always like to start off with what we're playing uh, this week. And generally, I ask the group first about what they're playing, but I'm only playing really one game right now. So I will just tell you, I'm currently still playing uh, the new Yakuza Like a Dragon game. And um, I really do appreciate how over the top the Yakuza series is that I thoroughly love and I thoroughly enjoy However, after a continued play, I'm coming to the realization I still do not like turn-based games. <laughs> I knew that's you were understandable. That. I mean, they're, they're not for everybody. It's just I don't see why I'm doing it. Because I played the other Yakuza's, and up to this point, they have not been turn-based. At least the ones that I played have not been turn-based. And I thought it was perfectly fine. But now that I'm in a turn-based system, I'm like, I just don't get it, considering all I can do is just button mash and do the exact same thing I would do if it was not turn-based. Only difference is I get to wait, and sometimes they can get a hit on me, and then I just fuck their shit up. It's not for me. Are you going to finish it or no? I'm going to finish it because I started it, but I, I'm definitely, after this week, I'm probably going to put it on the back burner so I can at least knock out Star Wars Squadron real quick. Okay. And uh, then come back to it. But what do you guys plan uh, Mason, go ahead. All right. Uh, so for this weekend, let's see. On I worked pretty heavily. I worked uh, Monday through Friday, so I didn't get a chance to play a lot of games through the week. But on uh, Friday, after I got off of work, I had the chance to do some uh, board gaming, not uh, video gaming. I got a chance to play two board games that I've never played before. So that was really exciting. Uh, the first of which was called, oh gosh, uh, it was the, a Godzilla tabletop board game where each player got to choose a kaiju. You had the choice of Godzilla, Mothra, Megalodon, and uh, freaking, oh gosh, the three-headed bird uh, dragon thing. Uh, what's its name? Hydra? No, King Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah, King Ghidorah. Sorry, oh. I couldn't remember Ghidorah's name off the top. The of fact my head. that I remember that so quickly. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> uh, so going into it, um, I was really partial to uh, Kidora, so I chose uh, Kidora, and it was a really, really fun board game. Very uh, kind of fast paced, actually. So your objective is to uh, deal as much damage as possible to the opposing kaiju and whoever you know, gets the most points from damage dealt is the ultimate winner. So it's pretty cut and dry, simple, uh, very fluid, loved it. Then the second game was called King of Tokyo, and it's another kaiju game. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're sensing a theme here. <laughs> but I do like it. Uh, so this game, King of Tokyo, um, you get to choose from a wide assortment of these kaiju. It doesn't matter which one you choose. Uh, it only matters which design that you like the best. It, all that matters is how you play the game, which I thought was interesting that there is no like quote unquote tier list for these Kaiju. So it was really kind of refreshing to see like, Oh, well, if I pick him, I'm automatically going to do better. So it was cool to just be like, Hey, that guy looks really awesome. I want to play as him. So what? you, you choose your guy and then um, whoever goes first starts off in Tokyo, and the objective is to knock that kaiju out in Tokyo and stay there until you reach uh, 20 points, or until the like there's like this uh, calamity meter. If an 
and if it reaches 10 on your character, you win the game that way. So there's multiple ways to win the board game. So that was a lot of fun. I liked them both, but I preferred King of Tokyo over the Godzilla one. It sounds like fun. I didn't even know those were board games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who they're developed by. I'd have to look it up. Um, but they were a lot of fun to play. And then on Saturday, I uh, got a chance to uh, introduce my wife, Jackie, to paintball. Hey. So that was a lot of fun for her. She got a big-ass bruise on her arm. She got nailed, like, real hard. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I got nailed, like, right in the in the neck in my Adam's apple. Oh. Yeah. And, like, it started bleeding and shit. And I'm like, oh, I got to sit this out for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then on sun- Sunday, I got to play some games, uh, a little bit more of uh, Octopath Traveler, finally. Uh, so... Just big fan of that game. Love it, love it, love it. Can't get enough. Um, so that's pretty much what my weekend was. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, I mostly have been playing Sea of Thieves, honestly. Um, did that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean update happen? It did, and it is pretty damn cool. I uh, heard I heard that with the new Pirates of the Caribbean um, uh, update or whatever, that it makes single play a little bit more manageable. So only sometimes. So when you start it, um, if you if it makes you go to the other, I'll call it other world. Yes, you're in like a single player thing. If you don't, like if you're still on the, the Sea of Thieves, because that's like the, the what's the map is called. If you're still uh, sailing the Sea of Thieves, you will still run into players. So it's like it just depends on what what mission you're on and what you're doing. So what did you think overall of the DLC or no, Pirates? Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we've gotten through three of the stories so far. There's two more left. Okay. So overall, um, is that the only thing you've been playing though? Yeah, mainly that and a little Wastelanders 3 and Vigor. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's really about it. All right. Well, let's right. talk about our major topics this yes. week. And there's really one of the one of the major topics, and I just uh, for uh, Chris and Mason, I also put the link in the Discord channel. Yeah, I, uh, I I have it with me right now, so we can so I can reference it easily. Yeah, and so this week, ScreenRants.com came out with an article, and the article's headline was "10 Most Iconic Video Villains in Video Game History." And Mason and I immediately disagreed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm actually not a big fan of this list, to be completely honest. There's a, there's maybe one or two that I agree with. Maybe three if I'm pushing it. But for the most part, I, I'm not a fan of this list. I would say at max, three on this list makes sense to me. Chris, did you, yeah. read, did you check out the list? I did. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I did check it out. I also disagree with several of these. Like I wouldn't have picked I wouldn't have picked any of these, but like one of them personally. So, let's start from number 10. Yes. And um do you guys want to like alternate like um like you do the first 3 Devin, then Chris do the next 3, then I'll do the next 3 and then for number 1 we'll kind of all chime in. Works for me. Yeah. So, the very Last one at 10, ranking at the very bottom, is GLaDOS, which you might recognize from the Portal series. I know, Chris, you disagree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Portal, but yeah, that that would not have been on my list at all. I would never even thought about it. Like, I don't even, it's, it's forgettable, in my See, opinion. My thing is like, Yes, she's a villain, but like, is she the most iconic villain, villain no. of all time? No. I would say no. Like... The word iconic is it carries so much weight, and for it to be attributed to Glados, uh, I just gotta disagree. Yeah, I wouldn't even put it in the top one hundred, honestly. Um, I think that if you were to put Glados in the top ten, you would have to very narrowly narrow down this list, like top ten most iconic robot villains of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Like that would make a little bit more sense to me, but to see Glados on this list, though, again, we all agree the great character, great uh, yeah. video oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, Glados was awesome. Being, but 
not I not top ten most iconic. Okay. Yes. So then let's move over to number nine, which I didn't even know who this guy was until I like looked at the game. Really? Oh well, here's the thing. I've played Bioshock, and I didn't remember this guy. <laughs> That's surprising because uh, this is um, one of the villains that I agree with on the list. I don't agree with him being ranked number nine. Nope. Um, I think he should be placed higher, in my opinion. Really? And for those who don't know, we're talking about Andrew Ryan, uh, portrayed as the primary antagonist during the beginning hours of Bioshock. Uh, Andrew Ryan is a billionaire idealist, so committed to his philosophies, that he built an underwater city to be free of social uh, social restrictions. So basically, he created the whole Bioshock dome. Mm-hmm. And the, so the big reason why I love Andrew Ryan not only is his just dialogue and just the his script writing and like whoever wrote his dialogue did a really good job and his voice actor stand up job. It's just the the way that the game was able to subvert your expectations of who Ryan is and just everything involved in the game itself. Like, I don't want to spoil it too much because if you haven't played Bioshock, it's honestly a must play game. It is. And uh, how much of an impact Ryan makes is made very apparent as you progress through the game itself. So I I really don't want to say more. Nope, that's very fair. fair. Um, if you have not played Bioshock, feel free to play. It's a fun game. Uh, it's not the best game ever, but it definitely picks up Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite. Number eight was one I sort of kind of agreed with. I did as well. Like I do agree that he needs to be in the top ten just because of how fucking unforgiving Broke. he is. And for those who don't know, we are talking about Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Yeah. One of the most recognizable, if not the most recognizable boxer of all time, Mike Tyson may seem like an odd inclusion. He's no all-encompassing evil entity. Well, that's a, that's depending on who you ask. Bent on global destruction, nor is he a malignant force hiding in the shadows. However, he is one of the most difficult video game bosses in NES history. Yes, he and is it an is um, every speedrunner's nightmare for those who speedrun Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. His fight... At the most optimized level, takes roughly, I think it's around two minutes and fourteen seconds if you play it perfectly. Jesus! And he is just ridiculous because I listen to um, some speed run videos on YouTube at work sometimes, and there's this guy I listen to. His name's uh, Summoning Salt. Highly recommend checking out his stuff if you haven't. Uh, he's a speedrunner, and he commentates on speedrunning uh, world records and shit. And just listening to all of the things that can go wrong during a Mike Tyson fight, it's, it just increases my uh, heart rate, and it makes my stref- stress levels just exponentially <laughs> rise. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I... I only didn't agree with this one being on the list because he's not really a villain. He's just an opponent. Well, like, you get in the- on if, you are, if you're an ear, he's a villain. <laughs> I don't know. It, like, I agree that he's like one of the most difficult video game bosses of all time. It's um, the terminology for you is villain. Yeah, if we're if, but if we're looking at villain, I can loosely use villain. <laughs> yeah, for this. But, so I, I again, I didn't agree with that one, but uh, I can understand what mm-hmm. they're going at for. All right, so let's. So who, who's got the next one? Who's got number seven? Chris, you, you want to do number seven? Yeah, I am completely unfamiliar with this because I've never exactly. played this series. I, so I'm, I'm going to be honest as well. I too am unfamiliar. Um, I've actually so, never played any of these games. Neither. It's called, uh, so the game that this boss is from is called Earthbound. Um, and I, I don't really know. It says uh, an unfathomable, uh, powerful, Lovecraftian being determined to send Earth into a state of infinite darkness. Gigas is easily one of the most horrific enemies to appear in a Super Nintendo game. The primary antagonist of the cult classic RPG Earthbound. So really he, whatever Gigas is, um, 
like we're looking at this picture of it and I still don't know what I'm looking at. It's just a yeah. swirl of like red and black. Um, so yeah, I have no idea. So I'm I, think, just, I think this comes back down to iconic. Like we're three gamers who are very uh, well knowledge across all mm. spectrums and none of us know who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty well versed in retro games and, Yes, I've never played Earthbound, but at least I know about it. And I yeah. literally saw that and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the next um, one, I disagree with completely. Uh, yeah, so the next one is Gwyn, Lord of Cinder from Dark Souls. So um, I personally, I'm not a Dark Souls fan. I don't like, um, I like the difficulty I don't like how they implemented uh, encumbrance. I think it's stupid that you roll in slow, slow motion. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, not, that's neither here nor there. So I will just disagree off of the my hate for Dark Souls. And I, I would disagree because in terms of like the word iconic, like I said before, carries a lot of weight. And Dark Souls is a relatively newer game. And I, I like Dark Souls. I do. Um, I just would argue that none of the bosses deserve to be in the top 10 of most iconic video game villains like ever. It, it's just, there's no contest in my, in my eyes. Yeah. I, I, like, what about you, Devin? What do you think? I played Dark Souls for 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't, and to me, it wasn't necessarily hard. I didn't think it was hard. I just thought it was just, eh, it's not really what I was looking for. Yeah. And, and so I bowed out. So I'm like, oh. when I saw um, Gwen Lord of Sender from Dark Souls, I'm like, meh, again, I really don't know who this guy is considering I didn't make it that far yeah. into Dark Souls. Yeah. So um, is he, it says, after claiming a Lord Soul and learning the secrets of the everlasting dragon's longevity from Seath, Gwen overthrew, overthrew the land's rulers and established a new age of fire. Um, though not an outright antagonist, he is willing to sacrifice anything to preserve his rule and act as ruthless, act as a ruthless enemy to those looking to advance the age of dark. So, um, sounds like he'd make a great U.S. president. Yeah, <laughs> he's only engaged during the final boss fight, um, and it's at the very end. It says so. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say no for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say no. no. I'm also going to say no on the next one, too. I All right, so for the mm. next one, before you say what it is, Chris. I'm just going to tell you, not top 10, Mason. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> you can disagree as much as you want, not I top disagree. 10. You have to put, you have, again, with this character, you have to put him in a narrow set. In the most top 10, most iconic villains, this is not top 10. So the, the reason, all right, so Chris. You, yeah, let's, let's, let's start. Let's start. Let's start. Let's start. All right, so what what the what we're talking about here is Pyramid Head from Silent Hill Two. Yes, replace Pyramid Head with Nemesis, and then you have a, a discussion. I would argue Pyramid Head is more iconic than Nemesis. I'm gonna have to disagree because I, the Resident Evil series has not only had just the series has also had a successful movie. I can say we can safely say Silent Hill has not had that. It has had a movie that was not successful. Well, the, the Silent Hill series is virtually all but dead, and Pyramid Head was just a character, a evil character within it. I would say Nemesis being like what basically made Resident Evil what it is. And that's why I can't give it to Nem- I can't give this mm-hmm. to Pyramid Head if Nemesis exists. The only reason why I give it why I think Pyramid Head should be on the top 10. I don't agree with him being placed number five. Um, I think that's too high. Personally. Probably number 10. Uh, I would say like maybe number 10, like replace GLaDOS with him. Okay. Uh, but the reason why I, I give him a, a honorable mention in the top 10 is that like, n- no matter what, like I attend a lot of like conventions and stuff. There is always somebody like cosplaying as Pyramid Head. And like, I've played Silent Hill and I can't tell you how many times like I see Pyramid Head and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, he but, did, there, but there are like, also people every himself in your memory. 
every yeah. every every Comic Con you go to, there's always somebody who's dressed up as a guy from One Piece. Doesn't make them the most iconic <laughs> individual ever. If again, uh, would exist if you said ten most iconic horror villains in video games. Okay, then yes, Pyramid Head. Ha- glad to have you. So you're you're probably gonna hate me then for this yeah. for this next one. Uh, <laughs> I'll take o- over for the next three, and then we'll yep, all you. We'll talk about number one. So this one you're gonna hate me, Devin. I'm is, listening. Number four uh, is Albert Wesker from Resident Evil. I highly disagree that he is in the top five. See, I am going to say that when it came to most iconic villains in video games, I actually do believe he deserves to be in the top five. Because not only when you think of Resident Evil, you think of Nemesis, you also think of Wesker. This is the main villain throughout the entire thing. He is the looming president, and even in games where he's not even featured. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I do agree that he is an iconic villain. I just don't know about top five. I say top ten. Okay. Like, maybe remove um, freaking Gwen, Lord of Cinder, and replace him with Wesker for number six. Again, Albert Wesker would do better if we narrow down the scope. Oh, yeah, 100%. The most iconic horror villains of video game. Then him being fourth, okay, that would make a lot more sense. Pyramid Head being fifth, that would make a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. again... When you think of iconic villains in video games, I can see him being in the top ten. Yes. Number four, I, I even I will be willing to say mm, that's kind of a that's kind of high in my yeah. opinion. So yeah, um, this, Chris, what do you think sorry, of this? Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just gonna say I don't have a whole lot of experience with Resident Evil. I've mostly just watched the movies. Gotcha. Um, so I I didn't know who this was until I read the description. Mm-hmm. I would have liked it if the movies focused more on Wesker as a villain. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was a missed opportunity because in the games, like he has so much depth and so much characterization. I, I just felt it was a missed opportunity in, in the films. They really mm-hmm. should have given him the Thanos treatment where it's yes. just like he's looming, but like you see his reasonings for doing what he's yes, doing. Because like in the games, you can kind of, you, you don't so much sympathize with him, but you can see like where he's coming from. Yeah, and, and I think that's the, the Thanos treatment is just give him his own screen time, build the entire Resident Evil series up, showing him being this like ultimate badass. Yeah. And then when the final fight happens, there's more at stake. But when you're watching the Resident Evil movies, he's not that much of a badass. All right. So for number three, um, I've, I've heard of this game. I'm going to tell you right now, this is also a no. Um, I've never played it, but I would say no because i've never heard of this 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 villain like, i would agree and i've 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 heard of this game but like I've heard of this game like number three for the villain in system shock known as shodan uh i just i mm-hmm. highly disagree this even being in the top 10 like See, even even if you narrowed this list down again to top ten um, uh, most iconic robots, I don't even know if Shonan would even make it in the top ten. Yeah, no, like, no, it wouldn't. It just this villain is not <laughs> really referenced at all in culture, whereas other villains are. Like, yeah, fucking Dracula from Castlevania is more prominent than this one. Absolutely. But yeah. I, I think the reason this was included on this list is because they were talking about influence. Yeah, but like, I still like iconic. he has that much of an influence as other villains, though. I agree. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I just because you have, just because you're influential does not mean you're iconic. Yes. Correct. Like, I'm sure somebody, I, I'm sure somebody influenced Dolly Parton, but who's the icon? Exactly. So that, I think we're all in agreement that yeah. this one does not even deserve to be in the top 10 of either list. All right. So Correct. for number two, before we get to number one, I, uh, I do agree with. I do agree with that. Um, yes. Hey, we all agree on one. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I, and I, I, I agree it's in the top five, 100%. 100%. I agree it's in the top five, mind. but I also disagree with number one. I, I disagree with number one as well. All right, so let's talk about number two. All right, so number two, <laughs> it, um, we're talking about Ganon from the Legend of Zelda series. And I so agree with this because the Legend of Zelda is such an iconic game. It's one of the most um, popular uh, Super Nintendo, Nintendo games. 
Um, and Ganon is the perpetual antagonist of the Legend of Zelda series. So for those of you who don't know, spoiler-ish, if you kill Ganon, he just resurrects. <laughs> forever. Like, broken. You can't straight up kill him forever. He just keeps on reincarnating or resurrecting, and you just keep on having to fight him over and over and over again. And he's just so synonymous with the Legend of Zelda series, it makes so much sense to put him in the top five of most iconic of you know, all time. Yep. Um, yeah, to piggyback off that, basically every single Zelda game that you play, you you basically know who's the villain at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> you know the beginning. You know the villain at the beginning. Everybody yeah. knows who the villain's More often be. than not, it is always going to be Ganon. Yeah. yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be Ganon. <laughs> yeah. A form of Ganon. Ganondorf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some a, a gigantic pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind. It he honestly might even just be number one because he's just so iconic. Like I. I I don't. I really don't know like who else you would put there, number there, one. There, otherwise, there is. So when, once we finish this list, well, I will I, tell you who my number one is. Okay. Well, well, once we're done with this list, we're going to talk about who we thought would be our top five. Yes. Uh, but when it comes to Ganon, I think that you guys really nailed it on the head. There is nobody, no villain who literally can span so many different generations of console gaming, mm-hmm. who is a is actually like a. Um, a negative mark on the entire series. Someone you're going to have to fight where you know the fight's going to be hard. Someone who is all-powerful, who literally can never fucking die. <laughs> I am like, Ganon, I, I was, when I first saw this list and I started the direction this was going, I'm like, oh, Gan- Ganon's going to be number one. And it was number two. And I'm like, all right, so this number one better be who I think it is. Or better be like somebody amazing. Yes. And then we got to number one and I'm just like, you didn't go for amazing, you went for numbered. Yep. You went for the villain who appears in the most shit. <laughs> yep. And yep. Uh, who? how do we want to reveal who this Let's just, is? How about we'll do an on-one. Uh, we'll count from three down to one. We just all say who it is. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Bowser. Bowser. From Super Mario Brothers. And I'm like, yes, Bowser is – we all know who Bowser is. Yes. Yes, he, he is. He is iconic, but – He is. I just, I don't agree with him being number one. Chris, no. do you agree? I don't think he should be number one. I think he is, he's top 10 for sure. He's top yeah. 10, no doubt. I yeah, just don't think no... he deserves that number one slot, you know? His, yeah, his like, I don't know, his battles are kind of they're forgettable. Easy. They're easy, they're, they're forgettable, easy. they're not like, remember, rememberable. No. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like, when I think about him, I don't think about him. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. the best way to put it. Like, yeah. I think of like awesome villains, like my mind does not gravitate towards Bowser. When I think of the most iconic villains of video game history, even I don't think about Bowser, and I agree no. with him being on the top 10. He's just kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think the reason for that is with the rise of Legend of Zelda being like the, in my opinion, the RPG to play on Nintendo, yes. Bowser's kind of just taking a step back and taking a back seat to, in my opinion, Ganon. And like, yeah. he is, he's, he has no characterization. He has no nope. story. It's nope. just like, he just wants to fuck with Mario by kidnapping Princess Peach. And that's <laughs> and it. Moving, and moving on a U-Haul truck every three days. Like, what what is so, uh, I guess, appealing about him as a villain that there, there really isn't anything appealing about him because he doesn't really do anything. And he's not always a villain either, which is kind of even stranger. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he's an odd character. Yeah, he yeah, is he's, a very odd character. He's the venom of this list. But mm-hmm. let's talk about what you who you guys thought being the um top um five who do you guys think is the top five most iconic mm-hmm. villains? Um <sighs> Because go first. <laughs> I I'll be willing to go first on this one. Yeah, yeah. You you go first, Devin. And this was actually a really hard list for me to do. And it, and it was for me too. Because yeah. because like when I talk about most iconic villains, I know people are gonna disagree. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Everything all right, so everything subjective. is subjective. subjective. Take it with a grain but of this, salt, everybody. But like, this list was wrong. But the list we just read was wrong. Yeah. So 
Like, don't get mad at us for our lists. Do not yeah. do not tweet me some random bullshit because I will literally just not respond. Yeah. So, be nice. So start, <laughs> be nice. We try to be nice. So all lists are subjective, subjective except for the one we just read, which was wrong. But yeah, agreed. My most iconic villain, starting from number five, was Jack of Blades, the main villain across three fable entries. Immortal through the strength of the mask, can become a dragon, throws you in prison for a year, kills your mother, your father, and gives you an option to kill your sister. Brutal. Yeah, he's pretty mean. I forgot he, about him. I forgot he's, about him. Too. He is incredibly broken. His fights are hard as shit. And he can he literally his mask can just continue passing on through time. Yep. So I was like number five, Jack of Blades, obvious. Makes sense. Number four. Also named Jack, Handsome Jack from Borderlands. Oh, yeah, 2. from Borderlands. Yep, Borderlands. Yep, 2. That makes sense. Villain. That's a, good, that's a good pick. I thought so too. He was the voice of villain during the Tales of the Borderland. Absolute and complete dick. Dictator of Borderlands, runner of Scummy Casino, killer of everything, including his grandmother, and a slaving of his own daughter. Did he have his reasons? Yeah, but he also lies a lot. I I really kind of Handsome Jack is a villain you're supposed to hate, but I kind of did appreciate him as a villain. He was charismatic. He was funny. He was undoubtedly evil. But I just, I when it comes to villains, I'm like, he sits up there as someone I would not want to mess with. And I think that's what this list for me is coming down to, people I would not want to mess with. Yeah. So Jack of Blades, Handsome Jack. Number three did appear on this list, and I said Ganon, Legend of Zelda. Yep. Straight okay. up evil warlock who only has one goal, world domination. Not only is he incredible powerful, incredibly powerful, he's cunning, manipulative, and can shapeshift at will. Though in the end, he is always defeated by the Master Sword. He is only ever defeated by the Master Sword. Yep. Number number two. This one is kind of a um, this one is a bigger one. Okay. The Reapers from the Mass Effect trilogy. Okay. You know you are a badass when your nickname is the Reapers. It's not even your actual name, only because when you were here fifty thousand years ago, you literally killed everything. Mm-hmm. After they were done murdering the galaxy, they set up a technology in which you are meant to find, so they can come and murder you again. With a combined army of around 18,000 Reapers standing two kilometers tall, this is a foe that feels all but helpless against. Okay, that's a good pick for your number two. Yep, and number one, mm-hmm. I, number one, this one I was kind of having such struggles with, yeah. and I, I, I sat back, I looked at my I looked at my computer, I was just like, when it comes to, when I think of villain, what is the first name that comes to mind? And it was only one name came every single time, and that was Sephiroth. Final right. Fantasy VII. Kingdom Hearts 2. When you think of a villain, no name comes quicker to my mind than Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Medic Super Soldier, who goes to in, goes insane learning he is not in fact a god. Would make him such an iconic villain? Maybe his six-foot-long sword or his angel wings? Maybe this how beloved Final Fantasy VII was? Either way, when we're talking about villains, it's hard not to think of Sephiroth. So, Busted. Another, Busted. another thing that, is, that um, gravitates people towards Sephiroth as such an iconic villain is his theme song yep one angel is one of the most if not the most iconic like boss themes because when Mm -hmm. you hear that those uh those high pitch kind of shrieking uh the and then it goes into that orchestral kind of choir and they just uh resound his name over and over and over again during the thing like like it is, just, it is so fucking. It's hype. Good. It's like it's it's so hype. Like it slaps so fucking hard. So yeah. I I really agree with your number one, Devin, because it's also my number one. <laughs> Mason, go ahead, give us your top five. We know what your number one is. All right, so you guys know what my number one is, but my top, I guess uh, five, four, three, and two are very different than mm-hmm. uh, what yours are, Devin. Okay. Um. So my number five comes from Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2. Mm. And it is not who you would think. It is not Sin. No. Really? It is not Sin. It is Seymour Guado. Now, how did you make that decision? So when I was playing uh, Final Fantasy X as a, as a, as a wee lad... Uh, I always enjoyed Seymour as a antagonist because he was just, he was written very well. He's just a very good villain overall. He has a 
very uh, charismatic nature about him. And he will do anything to attain power. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really, really uh, drove it home for me were not only his hard boss fights. I can't tell you how long I was stuck at his Mount (laughs) Gagazette fight. Oh, my God. It was awful. But the the thing that cemented it for me was this, this man. He revealed his true nature when he kidnapped the summoner Yuna away from the party and tried to force her to marry him. Mm -hmm. And he was obviously attracted to her, not only because, no, she is a very beautiful woman, but she also had power and he was attracted to her for that reason as well. Because like I said, he would do anything to gain more power And he doesn't hesitate to kill anybody who stands in the way of his objectives. He rationalizes everything by either murdering them or extorting them or just doing just really nasty shit. So just a complete and utter scumbag. Yeah, he's just a really good villain in the Final Fantasy series. Um, So that would be my number five. And then number four might sound like an odd choice. Because he's kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek in in a way. Mm -hmm. He comes from the Ratchet and Clank series. And it is Dr. Nefarious. Okay. I like it. He is a mad robotic scientist and is a quote-unquote supervillain with a distinct hatred for organic life forms. And he is a very, you know, he's a recurring uh, villain. Just like how Ganon is, except, you know, he's not immortal he just keeps on quote-unquote resurrecting because he just keeps on getting like rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt with like technology uh and he just is so iconic for me because of uh the guy who voices him he's played by uh armin shimmerman he has a it's like really just high pitch nasally voice i can't really do it too well um over a podcast because it might get butchered but uh, it's just really, really iconic voice. And uh, every time I play through the Ratchet and Clank series, I just, I love him. He's so good. Uh, so that would be my number four. Uh, number three uh, was actually from the top 10 list from Screen Rant. It was Andrew Ryan. Really? You really put him up there? Yeah. I, I really love Andrew Ryan as a villain. I think he was written extremely well. And it's one of my biggest takeaways from the series. Uh, He has very quotable lines. Um, There's one in particular uh, where he says a certain line, and this is not meant to offend anybody. So he is this like kind of like fascist guy. And he has a strong, like, right-wing agenda. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for his character, and I'm quoting him, is when he says, a man chooses and a slave obeys. Mm. And it is a very nasty piece of dialogue. Don't get me wrong. Like, I do not uh, condone that at all. You don't don't condone slavery? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, I just want to make that apparent. It's just hearing it from such a fanatical person and that he wholeheartedly believes in this agenda that he just spews it. And it's like his moniker. It just resonates with the player. Like you hate him because he's like this right wing racist, just really piece of shit, dude. (laughs) And so that that's really what um, makes him stand out to me as a villain is just this like, uh, not only how he was written, just just how he speaks and and how he fervently believes in this just uh, kind of like white power agenda. Mm. Yeah, the 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 way you've described this. So I've actually never been able to finish Bioshock mm. because I'm I have this like I sort of a disease or something. Yeah, yeah. So I get lost in games a lot, and even as railroady as Bioshock was. I got completely lost and could not figure out where to go. <laughs> so I, I seriously quit and never came back. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Um, so that would be my number three. Number two, 
<laughs> so not so much a uh, singular person, but an entity. It is uh, Team Rocket from Pokemon. Oh my God, you gonna, took mine too. I was going to add that to my list too, but I was just gonna, <laughs> I, I did not at the last second. Yeah, that so, was my number one. Right, oh no! Nice. <laughs> they are so iconic. Like Pokemon is arguably one of the most, if not the most, popular franchise in recent memory, and Team Rocket it, is no exception. Like they are the antagonist of er almost every single pokemon game there's some iteration of a like a team like there's team rocket team magma team uh galaxy or uh, uh the team uh whatever you know what i mean there's so many teams in pokemon but team rocket stands out as the most iconic in my eyes and giovanni is the leader of this nefarious group of uh folks who like to steal pokemon and use them for profit and evil means. No, I I fully agreed with that one because I was going to add that to my list, but I'm mm. like, no, there's just so many different like teams. It'd be kind of weird, and somebody's going to complain about Team Rocket. Like, oh, there was more after. No, but Team Rocket is iconic. When you're yeah, introducing they're the most the iconic team. team out of all of them in my in my eyes. When you're introduced to the Pokemon series, you're introduced to Team Rocket, and that exactly. holds your entire. Now, was that your number three? Was that your number two? That was my number two. So, and obviously, my number one is Sephiroth. All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and speak on your You already covered Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, mine is going to be there's 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 some stuff from both of yours in that list, um, but mine's still still very different from you guys' point of views because we 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 all have different like game tastes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, like you guys covered, I'm going to take Sephiroth at number five for me. Okay. Um, he, nope. he was an absolute nightmare in Kingdom Hearts. Yes. He is iconic to the Final Fantasy uh, franchise. And uh, he's, just, he's just the embodiment of darkness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, he's just sweet. Uh, and like you said, that music is insane with him. Oh, yeah. He's got uh, such a good look to him, too. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so my number four is where it gets odd. Okay. So I don't think either of you really played Destiny, did you? Uh, I played it for 15 really. minutes. Okay. So Destiny oh. had raids. Um, and in in what's still considered to this day to be the best raid that Destiny ever created, it was called uh, Crota's End, was a endgame boss called Crota. And he was absolutely and utterly busted. Mm -hmm. So, like, you you spend an hour and a half getting to the man. When you when you get to him, you're literally fighting like you're like under fire from his minions the entire time. And if one person makes one bad step <laughs> and messes up the entire team wipes, it's like it was the most like grueling like iconic one of the most iconic things i've ever played because it just has so many memories like no matter how many times i've done this raid we still had times where we just were wiping at least once every week when we were trying it mm -hmm. <laughs> um and it but locked behind it also was the the best game gun in the game that you had a chance to roll for Ooh. so it it was it was crazy it was it was one of the it was one of it's one of my favorite buildings um, and most iconic for me. Okay, so that's um, number four. So number three. Now this this holds dear to my heart. Okay, and it's gonna come from the Gears of War franchise, baby. I had a feeling that uh, uh, something Gears related would make it on this list. Someone, I was because I was I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, one of us is going to say the the character Chris is about to say. <laughs> General Rom, baby. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so a fight with him on the train with the krill. He had a freaking machine gun, oh, and he yeah. he was goddamn nightmare. If you tried to solo him, it was absolute BS. Like it was the, like truly the best way to fight him was co-op because otherwise you're just wiping constantly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think the best thing about what makes General Ram iconic, because again, General Ram could have probably been in that top ten. 
Um, but what makes General Ram iconic is specifically like, again, the presence that he has through the first Gears of War game, where he literally sticks his sword and kills Officer Kim. In that final fight, when you're on the train, it's like that is a fight that literally you will always remember. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it was huge for me. Um, I still think about it to this day. I kind of want to go back and play it right now. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Here's uh, more master. <laughs> right, Let's right. Um, so my next two have already been covered. Ganon, of course. Okay. Yep. Um, we all agree that that's top five. Um, and then, like Mason, Team Rocket. Team Rocket's nice, number nice, one for nice. me. <laughs> so I, I'm actually surprised um, with you, Chris, on your list because I thought – 100% that the flood would make it on your list. I thought so. I thought flood was going to be So Halo was good to me, but yeah. Gears was always better. I knew I knew um, that you liked Gears better. I just thought maybe flood <laughs> would have stuck out in your in your uh, brain hole. No. So like my issue with um my Halo experiences I don't always stay the most active with it. That's and fair. so um, the gears was going to, of course, going to pop up. And then Crota, I, I like Crota. I played Destiny 1 a lot. I don't even want to imagine how many hours I put in that game. Yeah. It was definitely more than I put in to like any Halo franchise. I definitely see that. But with the with the flood, because again, the flood was another one that I also considered as well. Yeah, I, but, I was considering it too, but I was just like, eh. Yeah, it came it down to the word iconic. It came yeah. down to the word iconic, though. Yeah. it's iconic in the Halo universe yes, as being for sure. One. I was just, I kind of was just like, do people really? Would people rank this in the top five? Yeah. And I ended up choosing no. I said the villains that I chose. Um, and I think the villains that we all chose actually are people are villains we could actually see being iconic. Yeah, and like yeah. the there was two villains that I was thinking about, like Dracula being one of them from Castlevania. Yeah. I didn't yep. end up including him, and then the other one that I thought might have made it, but he ultimately didn't, was uh, Psychomantis from uh, Metal Gear Solid. I've never played the franchise honestly. And the, the only I played it for fifteen minutes. I picked or was considering him was because in my first playthrough, like he had the, he was programmed. His uh, character was programmed to uh, read your memory card. And while before the fight, he would like read your mind, quote unquote. And by reading your mind, he would read your memory card. And if you had certain save files, he would say things like, Oh, I see you like to play Castlevania. (laughs) Or like, (laughs) Or like if you don't save the game a lot, he would say something like, ah, I see you are a risky player or, or something like that. Like he would kind of break the, the fourth wall and speak to you as a player. And in, and uh, one of the cool things about his fight is in order to beat him, you had to uh, pause the game, remove your controller from the player one uh, port and plug it into the player two port. So that way he couldn't read your moves. That is complete trash. I like yeah. that though. That's yeah, funny. That's super <laughs> cool. Um, but that was another. That was one I was considering, but ultimately did not. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. All right, yeah, good so, list, boys. Good yeah, list. Yeah. I'm happy with that list, and I'm thinking yeah. you listeners will be too. That was good. Um, um, so before we move on to our next topic, um, it is Netflix related. I needed to make an amendment to something that I said last week about the Roroni Kenshin live action film. So Go for it. Turns out the final Rurouni Kenshin film, which is the second one, is available in the United States on Netflix. However, the beginning, the first one that you need to watch prior to the final, is only available through a VPN. So it's just like it doesn't mm. make, it doesn't make sense to me why uh, America Netflix would add the second one but not the first one. So that's uh, my little amendment. Nope. Thank you for the amendment. I'm sure everybody will appreciate it, but I do hate that when Netflix will put the sequel, but won't put the first. Yeah, it just, I was really frustrated because I want to watch the beginning before the final. And uh, speaking on Netflix, a uh, anime, a new anime series came out on Netflix that we can briefly talk about. It is called The Record of Ragnarok. Have either of you checked this out yet? 
I have not watched it, but I've been following the news, and it's actually um, it's been um, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, what about you, Chris? Have you checked it out? I have not gotten a chance to check it out yet, but it is on my list. Yeah. All right. So, uh, real quick, so Record of Ragnarok is a Japanese manga series, and it it came out in um 2017 and it was you know adapted into a original series for netflix and so far there's 12 episodes for the first season uh i do hope it does get a second season uh because overall i did enjoy watching record of ragnarok it was a very fun show however it did have its flaws um it had a pretty simplistic story uh, the story it goes is this, you know, um, the gods are holding a console and they arbitrarily decide that humanity will never change its ways. And so therefore they should just kill them all and restart at the beginning, just restart over and see if mankind will do better the second time around. And all the gods unanimously agree. Um, however, a Valkyrie, which is from Norse mythology, comes in the console chambers and interrupts before the final, you know, vote is uh, cemented. And she's just like, ah, so you guys want to kill all humans without them, you know, sticking up for themselves. What what are you, chicken? (laughs) And so the gods get triggered by this and they're like, oh, well, we'll we'll do battle with them just as a courtesy. And so they decide on a massive tournament which they dub Ragnarok, and it is mm-hmm. a 13 versus 13 battle. So it's 13 <laughs> gods versus 13 humans. Awesome. And the caveat is that the 13 uh, humans can be from anywhere in history, which really? is kind of interesting. I like that. And, I do like that. Uh, like some of the people that they choose are super interesting. Like the this isn't a, really a spoiler. Like the first match showcases Lu Bu and Thor. <laughs> I I love the thought of that because I just think of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, it's exactly, <laughs> that. It's exactly that. And like it's so hype. Like the show is hype. It is. And then like you got the one thing that threw me for a loop is they chose Adam from Adam and Eve. Busted. That's tr- that's strong. <laughs> Because their reasoning was that God created Adam in his image. So therefore, him as a warrior had godlike abilities. Adam got hands, I bet. Oh, dude. He, 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 uh, he showcased bare-knuckle brawling as his fighting style. That's awesome. <laughs> He's like He's, the original fist. <laughs> yeah, he fought against Zeus. Okay, oh, yeah. that seems a little weird. Which was interesting. Like, yeah, we, gonna, I gotta watch this. I'm not gonna spoil who won or anything. Not, I gotta watch it as well now. But yeah, like this other, sounds awesome. Like other gods that make appearances are like Aphrodite. You got Odin. You got Loki. You got uh, Ganesha from uh, Hindu mythos, which I thought was really interesting. Um, they have Ares. They have Heimdall. Uh, a lot of Greek and Norse uh, gods, and then from the human side, they have heroes like. Uh, I thought this was odd. They have fucking Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Why? I Wait. don't know. <laughs> and then they, um, they they also have like people like Jack the Ripper. Um, they've got people like um, uh, this uh, Japanese swordsman, uh, Musashi. Um, and there's some others that I'm missing off the top of my head, but overall it was a very fun watch. It just was flawed in its simplistic storytelling, as well as uh, some of the animation was very flawed. Uh, I do imagine that they were rushed possibly, but uh, I do recommend it for everybody. And overall I would give it like a nice little seven out of 10. Awesome. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So let's move on to our next topic, which Chris, you're going to take the lead on this one. <laughs> oh, My God, Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft. So the PC side of uh, Microsoft, I do not know what you guys are thinking. So (laughs) if if you guys didn't know, um, they had an event, I believe it was last week, and it was to reveal Windows 11. So if you didn't know, Windows 10 was supposed to be the last version of Windows. 
basically they were going to use windows 10 as a, like a windows, like, um, like a live service kind of thing and just keep updating it. Mm-hmm. So at some point, Microsoft decided against that. They were like, no, nah, we need We need another version. Um, and so here comes windows, uh, 11. Okay, cool. So everyone thought like, if basically if they're, um, if their um, if their current device could run Windows 10, they could run Windows 11. No, that is not true in any way, shape, or form. And it's still confusing what uh, Microsoft is doing there. Um, but basically, they uh, on their website there's this uh, this is a, it's called a PC Health app. Um, if you go to the Windows 11 on Microsoft website, you go scroll down, you can basically check your compatibility. It makes you download this program. And then once you run the program on computer, it's going to tell you whether um, your computer is compatible with Windows 11 or not. Right. That's So the problem is, is your computer might be compatible with it, but you may have some things off in the BIOS that you have to go turn on, which may not like, so basically it's telling you like, uh, for example, I needed to turn on something called Secure Boot. I had no idea what the fuck it was talking about. I had to like look up articles and articles and finally found one that showed me how to turn on Secure Boot to realize my drive, my drive that my computer boots from is not compatible with that type of thing because it wasn't formatted that way. So then I had to do the sketchy thing that is converting a drive to make it compatible. Luckily, I had no problems and it worked and I'm able to boot into Windows now just fine. But like, there's just stuff like that. And there's, there were several things that it was just like that. I was like, I was like, dude, what is this? Uh, Like, (laughs) you like, so when, if you guys go to check, have fun. So like, basically it said like computers built within the last five years should be compatible with it. Anything older than that, maybe you at this point, like they said that you need an uh, eighth gen um, Intel price processor. I don't remember what the AMD uh, equivalent was. Um, And it's just it's kind of annoying. Um, Microsoft, you dropped the ball on this. Like uh, I hate to give Apple any kind of credit, but Apple's (laughs) upgrade policy for like different versions works way better. Like a 2013 uh, Mac can still use like the newest operating system. Um, that is interesting. Hopefully they, they remedy it with the Windows 11. Yeah, I hope so. It's it's kind of annoying. So um, yeah, if you guys want to go look it up, uh, just go to Microsoft website or just type in Microsoft Windows 11, go to their site at the uh, bottom, you'll see a compatibility uh, checker download that app and then run it on your computer and see what happens. Oh, well, fortunately I just, my, I have basically a brand new surface. So I, I swear to God, it's, it's, it's good. It's compatible. Thank you. All yeah. right. So let's move on. We have two more stories we need to cover real quick because um, we yep. have gone close to time. However, did, I sent you both the new trailer for the next uh, sequel in the Halloween series titled Halloween Kills. Yes. What did you guys think on this trailer? Dude, Michael looks like a fucking beast, man. And I, I think like Jason and Freddie would be proud. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, it uh, was so hype. Hype. Like, it looks so good. That trailer was so damn hyped. I almost put um, uh, Michael Myers in my most iconic villains in video games. <laughs> <laughs> he isn't dead by daylight. <laughs> he isn't dead and, by daylight. He did have a video game. Um, uh, uh, what was that? I think he did actually have his own video game. He sure. does. I don't remember the name of it, though. Yeah. Probably it was called Halloween. Oh, it was called Friday the 13th. What am I thinking? <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking of the wrong. Uh, well, Jason, oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, Jason, yeah, yeah, my bad. Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth is Jason Voorhees. Nightmare on Elm Street is Freddy Krueger, and Halloween is Michael Myers. Yep. But I do appreciate that they're. It once the first Halloween, or not the first one, but the most recent uh, Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis came out. They did mention there was going to be a trilogy, and after the ending of the first Halloween, again, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to give you a spoiler. It was kind of like you could have leaned towards this being the only one and done. However, it could have also leaned the other way that there could have been a sequel. And 
Halloween uh, kills, literally bust open the door and tells you, here's exactly how this ended, and here's exactly how this is about to start. And Michael Myers is an absolute murderer. Yes. And I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm yes. I'm definitely going to see this in theater, like, as soon as it comes out. Oh, I have a real quick sidebar about that. I saw my very first uh, movie theater movie yesterday. Oh, what was it? A movie. It was Fast 9. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say, though I appreciated Fast 9, I think I might be done with movie theaters. Really? Why? Uh, do you want to do that? You want to get into that on this episode or get that into the next um, one? We'll do it on the next one because we're we're at an hour. Yeah. And um, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll finish off with this next story. And then next podcast, uh, we'll talk about why Devin does not want to go to movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our final story in celebration of Pride Month is um, Yutara Hikaru. Um, they came out as non-binary. Yes, you will know uh, Hikaru Yutada, um from Kingdom Hearts for yep. songs like Simple and Clean, you know, songs like Sanctuary, um, Don't Think Twice from the new games. Uh, she also, or excuse me, they also did the song in the Neon Genesis Evangelion, and they also did a new theme in this a uh, new anime called uh, From Your Eternity or To Eternity, I believe it's called. The most, one of the most influential Japanese artists. Oh, of Ar- yeah, she, of all he, time. They are. They said you're about to get us canceled. No, I know. I it, it just happened, so you'll have to give me. You'll have to forgive me. I, I've been doing fine. Because uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've played Kingdom Hearts ever since it first came out, so it's hard for me to switch uh, the pronouns. You know, as long as you're trying, that's all that matters. No, but I, when I, I definitely respect their decision uh, at coming out as non-binary. I mean, huge, huge props to Hikaru. Now, when I was um, looking up for this story and was doing more research into uh, Yutada, and I, I was like, I don't know why, like, I don't understand why there's all this hype about you. But when you look up their uh, their discography, they have a lot of hits you recognize. Yes. And I am like, all this time, I did not know your specific name. But now I see like you really are this influential figure in not only Japanese music, but I feel like in music in general. I would argue that as well. And what's interesting, too, when you take a look back at their discography is they have incorporated... Uh, LGBTQ themes in their music, uh, such as their song titled Tomodachi, which means friend in Japanese. It's a it's a song about a, a homosexual person uh, falling in love with their uh, heterosexual friend. Now, I, that's awesome. Yeah, that is very awesome. But we wish you all the very best. And thank you for being an ally. And thank you for revealing your truth to the world. Yes. Now, on yeah. that note, we are at our time. And unfortunately, we had a whole lot of stories that we were not able to cover. Yes. Maybe uh, maybe we'll do like a, a sidebar episode where we just kind of cover just the, the short stories, probably like a 10-minute episode where we just kind of go through. Uh, that's not the idea that I had that I told you guys about. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we'll talk about that later. Any final words before we go? Uh, nope. Uh, All right. No, other than just uh, feel free to check us out on our social medias. You know, as always, I'm Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review. Check me out on my YouTube. Uh, that is where I am most uh, seen at. So feel free to give me a like, a comment, or a subscription. And hope you guys do well. Yeah, and you can uh, find me as well. Um, Twitch.tv slash and I. Or on Twitter at Chameleon Games, whatever you prefer. And uh, yeah, talk to you guys next time. And you can find me on your Xbox uh, at the gamer tag, Darkness Tiger, or behind the Uninformed Gamer Twitter page at Uninformed Gamers. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Be sure to like, subscribe, and not only subscribe, be sure to share. We want to get our names out there. I know we're not Logan Paul, I know our last name is not Jenner. But we're trying to do big things out here. 
And we, we enjoy doing it. Yes. <laughs> oh, well. Spread the uninformed gamers. Yes, we need to spread the world in darkness and uninformed people. Um, <laughs> on that note, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Later.